the battle of prayer. I was talking to some students after the 1030 Mass this morning, and this student said, I go to Mesa Community College. I was like, there's an In-N-Out Burger right there on Dobson. And, and someone said, no, I, the Flagstaff is going to get an In-N-Out Burger. I was like, you want to talk about prayers that have not been answered? <laughs> there's a battle there. This phrase, I, I love this, this phrase of the battle of prayer. I get that phrase from the catechism. So you may know the catechism has four parts, and the whole fourth section is all about prayer. And there's one uh, you know, paragraph or whatever in there. The heading is the battle of prayer. And I, and I feel vindicated by that. You know, that, okay, people get it, that I'm not the only one who can find prayer to be a battle at times. And what it says in that paragraph, it speaks about how there's a battle against ourselves, but also against the tempter who, who does everything he can to turn us away from prayer, which is ultimately, that is, away from union with God. And so our, our journey, our spiritual journey as Christians is intimately tied to the battle of prayer. And so uh, when it talks about the battle, the difficulties, I don't, I don't need to maybe tell you about them because we've all experienced them, but we're talking about feeling, uh, feeling unproductive. Like, what is this accomplishing? Which, which kind of gives into our American spirit of I need to do something. But maybe, maybe prayer is really uncomfortable because I actually think this is the biggest reason we avoid prayer is because what's going on is not pleasant. And, and when I sit there for a minute, it just brings up all sorts of stuff. I know there's been people, this woman who had lost a family member, and I talked about how I shared with her, I'm like, you know, the mass is the closest we are to our deceased loved ones. And she says, I know, that's why I don't, I don't well, every time I come, I start crying, and, and I just don't wanna do that. And I was like, yeah, because when we turn to prayer, what's going on within us bubbles up, and that might not be super pleasant, but, but it might be really important to talk about. Maybe we're feeling really um, distant from God or feeling dryness. Like I go to pray, and it's like, I feel like, I talk, feel like I'm talking to a wall. Maybe there's disappointment. You know, I pray, and I'm not getting what I want. But the, the catechism says that we must battle to gain humility, trust, and perseverance. Which, if, if you heard my homily a few weeks ago, that by persevering in faith, we gain faith. And what the catechism is saying, by choosing to battle in prayer, we actually gain more perseverance to keep going. But it's so important that Jesus brings it up today. He encourages disciples to pray always without becoming weary. Which is to say that it's easy to become weary. I'm tired. Which, that's human, but I know for myself, it's a fact too, that the most generative, fruitful, renewing human activity is prayer. That when I, when I sit with the creator of the universe, 
and give him space to recreate me. That there's nothing more generative. Sometimes people say, well, I kind of relax and I'll put on the TV or watch something on the internet and I just kind of relax. I'm like, you can relax that way, but you will not regenerate that way. But to sit before the Lord of the universe, that's, that's where we can be regenerated. And so Jesus tells us this parable of a widow who keeps bothering this judge, wanting a just decision. Like she's, she wants a just decision, that's something good. How much do we feel like, God, I'm asking you for good things, and I don't understand why you're not giving them to me. It's a very human, honest thing. And so, if, so why is it that, well, I think what Jesus is saying here, that if this is a dishonest judge, what he's saying is, if this dishonest judge is, is going to listen to this petition, how much more so God is listening? So then it begs the question, okay, well, if God's listening to what I'm asking for, how come I'm not getting what I want? Well, maybe, maybe the timing's not right. Or more specifically, maybe my heart is not right. The St. Augustine says that, that persevering in prayer expands my desire or it enlarges my heart to be able to receive what God wishes to give me. Now, that sounds really nice, but the day-to-day -day is actually hard, I'll be honest. That when, when we want something that's so good, and it feels like it's never coming, that can be discouraging. Which, which is how the devil gets in there. Uh, I've heard it said that the greatest diabolic, diabolical temptation is discouragement. That we lose heart. You know, I prayed, it doesn't work, what's the point? And what Jesus is encouraging us today is, no, keep, keep going. You're, it's understandable to be weary, but don't become weary. Choose to persevere, and by persevering, you're going to go stronger, but also your heart is going to be enlarged to be able to receive that better thing that God wishes to give you. And so what does perseverance look like? I, I've heard it said this way, and I, I think it's right, that consistency is even more helpful than making a big time of prayer. So I might pray for 15 minutes a week, but it would actually be better to pray for five minutes every day. That, that it, it's actually, you know, it's, and for me, I don't know why I would make this comparison, maybe you know this by now. For some reason I think about prayer sometimes, I, I combine it with like brushing my teeth. Um, and flossing. There was a time when Father Matt did not floss his teeth. This is public confession. Um, <laughs> until somebody, some, I heard this phrase one day, and it worked. I've probably heard it a bunch of times, but one day it worked. They said, you don't have to floss all your teeth, just the ones you want to keep. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want to keep all of them, because I see my dad with his dentures. And uh, so, but I think it turned to become my decision. I want my teeth. I, I want to pray. And, and there's a little distinction there. Is, am I praying because I should? Because it's the right thing to do? Or because I want to? Because nobody can make us do that.
but it says, I want that peace that only God can give. And then it's a matter of getting it into our schedule, whatever works for you, that, that works for you. And so I, I mentioned the flossing the teeth because that's, it's in my schedule now where I don't have to think about it anymore. I can actually think about other things, like I'm thinking about my Halloween costume right now. But um, <laughs> not right now, right now, but um, until I said that. Um, but it, it's in my schedule, and so I don't even have to think about it, and it happens. Does that make sense? So, so if I want prayer to be part of my life, how do I put it in there where it's automatic and I don't have to think about it? I, what I've always found helpful is praying in a chapel. Like when I, uh, I lived in Scottsdale for a while, and there was an adoration chapel, and so every night on my way home, I just stopped by. It was just no matter it was 10 p.m. or 2 a.m., I just stopped by. That was, it, was, it was what I did. And then I went home and brushed my teeth. And yeah, anyway, so, but do you see what I mean? Like getting it in your schedule? Like, so even now, I hope, I hope, I hope the wheels are turning a little bit. Like, and, and maybe some ideas. Like, for, for me, my prayer is it's a mix of kind of structured things, um, concrete things, I should say. Like, uh, when I was in college, I was like, I want to pray more. And I didn't know what else to do, so I prayed a rosary. But then it was real cool because every day I knew, did I pray the rosary or not? And you, and you don't do something just to do it, but, but, it, but it helped me. It helped me build up discipline, and that's when I learned the truth that the fastest way to Jesus' heart is through his mother, Mary. And so now it's like, okay, I pray my rosary, I pray the liturgy of the hours, I read scripture. So like half, you could say half of my prayer is like structured things, and I know that I did them or not. The other half of my prayer is unstructured. It's sitting there, sharing with the Lord what's on my heart. Like, that comment that that person made, it, I didn't process it till right now. That kind of hurt. And, and kind of talking to the Lord about that, like that. I know I'm supposed to like be tough and take it, you know. And, but like, that kind of, that really annoyed me. And it, make, it, make, it makes me want to like lash out back. But I don't want to do that. I mean, I want to. But I, I, I just, you know, and so it gives me a space where I can kind of process that. With a, does that make sense? And so sometimes people say, like, well, I, I talk to God when I'm walking. And I'm like, that's great. I hope we should do that. Um, you know, or I, I talk to God when I'm going to bed and all that stuff. Like, all that is great. But at a certain time, it's good to just sit down and do those things that help us foster the relationship. It's like, it's like a, if you, if you spent the whole weekend with like your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you were like hanging out with people, doing things the whole time, but you never actually sat down face to face and had like an honest conversation. Like you, you can leave that weekend saying, yeah, we spent a lot of time together, but I didn't, I don't know that we actually really connected. And so my encouragement for you is to find that way that you can connect. Maybe that's why we do adoration Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, where you can put 30 minutes in your schedule. It doesn't have to be every day, but what if you did 30 minutes once a week? It's in your schedule, and that could be something to do. There's a, do you ever hear the adage? It's a little cheesy, but it's my dad joke for today. Um, seven days without prayer makes one week. But isn't it true that when we don't 
pray, how much harder the battles of life feel, how peace feels so far away. In our first reading, Moses and Israelites, they're, they're engaged in battle, literally, in this symbolic action of Moses raising his hands up on the mountain, that as long as his hands are raised, that they have the better of the fight. And I think it's so, you can direct parallel. As long as our hands are raised in prayer to God, we're going to be doing all right. But if I let that go, it's not long before I get overtaken by things. The other thing that's beautiful about that image is when when he becomes weak, as we all do, that that's when two people, Aaron and her, come and they hold his arms up. And for me, that's the importance of community. That if I'm trying to do it all by myself, I will become weak. But if I have people around me that are encouraging me, then, then it helps me to stay strong. I, I have a, my Aaron and her, so to speak, I have three priests that I meet with once a month. And it sounds almost like technical, but every time we get together, we go down a list, and I tell them, and I know that I'm going to tell them, how I've been faithful to my holy hour every day. So I'm a grown man. I don't have to do that. But I choose to do that because I know that I need that accountability. And then they share what God's doing in their life, and I share what God's doing in my life. And it's so encouraging that that, those are the people around me that help hold me accountable and support me. And so if you don't have that, then you're probably feeling the weariness. If we don't have that, my guess is our prayer life is probably not what we want it to be. And maybe, maybe it's a little, little plug here for the, the retreat next weekend. Part of the retreat thing is to realize I'm actually not alone. And there are people around me that can help support me and I can support them. And so just, just throwing it out there. And so what, where does this get us? I wanna, you know, we have focused missionaries here and... Sometimes the students, will, we look at the focused missionaries, like here's a college graduate, and man, they seem so faithful, and they're praying a holy hour every day, and they just like, I want to have the faith that I see in them. But this week, one of the missionaries was sharing how she was invited to a national conference, and so she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll give it a try. If people say it will help. And on that conference, she experienced just this, she encountered the Lord and this desire to spend more time in prayer. And so over time, she increased to where, it's kind of incredible, where she spends an hour in prayer every day. Which, which side note, because prayer is so creative, that spending an hour in prayer doesn't take away from my day. It actually gives me energy for my day. If you don't believe me, try it. But so here's this girl who, there, she shared how she went on this conference and she started praying more and more and built up to an hour every day. And now today she's one of those joyful, peace-filled witnesses of trust in God because she prays every day. That the way we get to that place of peace and faith and joy, it's by being connected to the one who is joy itself peace, the Prince of Peace. That's our invitation. I, I, I saw one of my former interns here this week down in Phoenix, and 
And I remember when she was at NAU, she, was, she shared with me, she was discerning her vocation. Um, is God calling me to be a religious sister? No, I think he's calling me to be married. That's what she was convinced of. And, and then there was the big question, like so many, especially girls, have asked. Like, I feel like my vocation's to marriage. So where is he? God, <laughs> I'm ready. And, and so this was a girl that I remember having those conversations with her. But in a beautiful way that she graduated and she went off and she got a job and she was teaching. And then she moves town. She moved to a different town and was teaching. And uh, last, last year, a guy came along. And so in December, at 30 years old, she's going to marry a great man. And she couldn't be happier. I can't control when God responds to give me not just what I want, but to give me something better. I can't control that. But I can control choosing day after day to persevere and to hope in our God who is never outdone in generosity. The question is, has my heart been expanded enough to receive his generosity? And so what, what, what I think this intern learned and what I've learned is when I'm willing to engage in the battle of prayer, that is to say my relationship with God, I encounter the one who does battle for me. The one who believes that my life and my happiness are worth fighting for, are worth dying for. And, and it helps me to then realize I, I actually don't see perfectly clearly. I actually don't understand everything. And so maybe today, once again, I'm going to choose to trust in his timing and trust in his gifts and rely on his strength and his help in this battle that I'm in until one day when I'm victorious with him in heaven.